Welcome back to another episode of Music Maniacs with Side After Dark. We're mm. Side After Dark out we of Brooklyn, are. New York. I'm Dan Berg. I'm Sifa Graffiti. We're your new favorite band. Uh-huh. And we got an interesting topic today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and say right off the bat that this will be our last podcast for a little bit. I don't know, maybe just like a month or two. Uh, we just have a lot of other projects that we want to like kind of put a lot of time into. Yeah. In the podcast, it, t- it takes a lot of time to, you know, make it right. So we're taking a little step back from the podcast after this mm-hmm. to work on some other things that I think you guys are already going to like. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you follow us on the main side after Dark Channel as well if you don't already. Yeah. Um, but because this is going to be our last podcast for a little bit, <laughs> we wanted to do something <laughs> special for you guys, right? And we wanted to give you a little bit of insight into who we are, who Side After Dark is. Who is Side After Dark? And you know, obviously most of the time, when we do the podcast, we have, you know, a topic, a band, artist, or whatever yeah. that we talk about in depth. And we thought it would be fun for this episode if the topic was Side After Dark. Hey, nice so, to meet you. Hey, what's up? It's us. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to basically talk about how we got into music, how we met, how we ended up doing all this with yeah. the podcasting and the YouTube stuff. So you can kind of get an idea of like our actual story, like in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a fan of us at all, I think you're really going to like this. You and may. if not, maybe we're going to just like talking about ourselves for an hour. Oh, <laughs> here we go. So, how do we do this? How do we start? Do we talk about like where we were both like born and like grew up and like how we got into music and then how we met? Like, I don't know. But, oh, well, um, I mean, we we met at an open mic. Um, I, I feel believe like should, you know that. Yeah, I feel like we should start at like us separately being yeah. like born and raised and getting into music and then how we got and then how we eventually met and started doing all this, right? Yeah, I mean, however, I mean, we meet at the open mic and how did we come to the open mic? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm from Florida, right? Mm -hmm. You are? Clearwater, Florida. Born and raised. I didn't know that. I didn't really get into music until I was like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. I never really like thought about it. Like it was just like background noise to me. Mm -hmm. I never really... I remember people asking me what kind of music I liked and I would just be like, uh, rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really know what it meant. (laughs) Your spirit knew. I was just like, yeah, (laughs) this is what I'm... I feel like this is the cool thing to say. (laughs) But I just never really cared about music mm-hmm. until, and I talked, I just gave this whole story on the, when we did a podcast on The Doors, but the first time I actually cared about music was when I heard The Doors, Yeah. and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after that one experience, I just started getting into all this other classic rock, and, like, um, then, like, punk rock, and hip-hop, and reggae, and all, all this other shit. Mm-hmm. And then, the, yeah, that's where I've started getting into music. What about you? Um, I have always been into music. My father was a musician. So um, by the time I was 11, I was like music obsessed. I was already like taping stuff from the radio. My dad used to babysit us by having us fall asleep to the radio. So so a lot of songs I knew. And but I didn't start writing music or becoming a musician until I was in college. Like Mm. it was like I was just writing poems like poetry. And then my boyfriend at the time was like, you should, um, I was like singing them in a way and he was like, you should start rhyming them. You should like make rhymes and stuff. So I, I was always into the arts and I was always into music, but I didn't start to put it to work until I was like, I was like 19. Interesting. Yeah, I think I was probably about 19 the first time I actually was in like a legit band and mm-hmm, stuff. Because mm-hmm. I tried for a long time. Like when I was like, I started playing guitar when I was like 11. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start a band in Clearwater. 
But the problem was that nobody played instruments, and everybody else that did play an instrument also played guitar. Okay. So if I was going to start a band, it was going to be like a band of five guitar players and nothing else. <laughs> and maybe that could have been cool. Maybe as a, now I could have thought of a cool way to do it. It's like, okay, you do like a percussive guitar and you do like the mid and you do the high. Yeah. Maybe that could have been cool. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, I can't just start a band with five guitar players. Right, what no. is this? No. What are we, Leonard Skinner? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I was always trying to do it, but like nothing ever really happened until I got to college and I still met some people there that I was in like a, a punk band with. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. same for me um it was more like rap i was in college and um i started well i started dating a guy and then he was in a group with three other people with two other people and then that fell apart and we became a group together and then joined in with his brother so we were like three in a group and we were just writing music and like going to different producers in the neighborhood uh, making beats um when you're like in the neighborhood you can kind of um stop doing what you're doing because like the neighborhood you just become a person at the studio listening to beats mm -hmm. rhyming and stuff like that you'll do a show here or there um for some reason like at that younger age a show was such a huge deal that it could just be done once in a mm. year you know and it would be such a big thing or whatever or we've written one song two songs and like that could be like a big deal so it's like in the four years that we were together as a band we only wrote like four songs together oh really yes yeah, like when i think it like i thought about it a couple years ago i thought back to it i remember thinking like that was such a project like it was such a thing to do that but we only had like four songs we had a lot of other things because um we met we read about like the music business and stuff like that so we had like our logo done we had our llc done and yeah. like we were driving out to shows like in new york and stuff like that we were getting to know different people in the industry and we got like a small deal with like um shivas regal they were doing i, I swear it's like weird um alcohol <laughs> companies were making like soundtracks with like like when, songs when, and stuff when like was, that when was this about this was like 2000s okay yeah okay. and it was like shivas regal and we did a deal with this guy and and we put a song on like the shivas regal soundtrack it was like so weird and we did the performance to downtown manhattan they had a whole big thing and we performed there so like we really thought we were like doing it because we were making steps right but it's just like when i think back i'm just like wow we only had like four songs that's pretty wild. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool, though, if you could get that far on, on only four songs. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Huh. That's actually really interesting. I yeah. never see, I never do. See, this is why, because we're going to find out things about ourselves doing this. You guys don't know, because <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, okay. So that was like your first, like, real, like, thing. Yeah. Thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me, let me, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to get, get my thoughts together. Okay. Yeah. So I, but first, my real thing was like, I was the same age as you, really. <laughs> um punk band of kids i met in college and the thing is the way that this band went i slowly because i was like really shy when i was younger mm -hmm. and i didn't really like being in like the spotlight and stuff mm -hmm. so like i was literally like playing guitar in like the back and like trying to like not really be noticed uh -huh. and the way that the band progressed i just slowly and slowly had to take more responsibility in the band okay and i slowly kind of like got over my fear of that uh-huh because the the, we, the weird thing that happened was we were all jamming, just like a bunch of people. And everybody, again, wanted to play guitar. Yeah. And shout out to my friend Sam, who was like humble enough, basically, to... I'm trying not trying to sound like a dick, but we were like... 
who's gonna play the guitar and he was just like you can play guitar you're better than me i'll play bass and he just like switched like that okay and i was like oh shit okay so but then i was like the lead guitar player and we also had a rhythm guitar player who was this other guy mm-hmm. and like i was the lead guitar but i was like still like scared to like be in the front okay so there was like five people in the band at first two guitars drums bass singer mm-hmm. um eventually we had to get a different singer because the other singer would never show up to practice blah 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 um, so that it was five people, same lineup. And then eventually we realized that the other guitar player wasn't really holding it down mm-hmm. and that I could basically play both of our parts at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then we became four people. So then I became all of the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then that new singer left. So then it just became three people. And it was me singing and playing guitar and the bass player singing as well with yeah. the drummer. Oh. So I slowly went from like being one out of five to one out of three put in the front. Uh-huh. So by the end of it, I was like, I actually like was more like confident and like knew how to like be on stage more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. It was kind of like, um, like, um, not interval training. What is it like, um, when you, when you had to like go right into your fear, like dive into your fear, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All I know it is as feel the fear and do it anyway, but I don't know the actual saying for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's basically what happened with me. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a good progression, though, like to like bone up on your chops and stuff. Um, I so what happened with us, we were like making music and stuff like that. But I think like just like you were saying, like that's that's pretty far to go with just four songs. I feel like things started happening too fast Mm. for our minds. Like you weren't ready for it. Right. Exactly. People started doing crazy things, really crazy things that they shouldn't have been doing. And it's just like... Like your bandmates? Yeah. Yeah. So it just started getting a little too wild. And it's just like, okay, one of them, like we were supposed to go do a performance where we just got in this deal and it was going to go really, really well. Oh, this is what happened. Okay. So we knew this big weed guy, right? All right. He was like one of the hugest weed guys ever. In Brooklyn or yes. like in the city or like I feel like in I feel like it's the region like he was oh, pretty shit. big so that that's so he was moving a lot of weight yeah like bales okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bales of weed <laughs> that's fun to say so it's like we we wanted to start like our own record company and stuff like that and the guy yeah. was gonna give my my boyfriend my husband at the time he was gonna the front money, the money he was gonna frame the money he was just like so I know that's dangerous. It is dangerous. That's real dangerous. So he's like, I'll do it. I'll give it to you. And it's like, it's, it's just funny how things work out. So it's like, once we find out that information, it's like, we're on our way. And that night we were like, okay, we know how weird things can get. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you do certain things. I'm going to explain myself. We were like, <laughs> okay, so we get the deal. Yeah. We're like, don't go outside and do anything crazy. We got something right. really nice that just happened don't for us. Let's, yeah, let's kind of tread really lightly. So one of us decides, to, it's not me, decides to go out and get like so drunk, like drunker than they normally got and just really, really plastered. Like after at the hospital, People were oh. telling us that, like, like, I've never even seen him so drunk. He was so going so wild. He was like, not in a bad way. He was just really being a goofy life of the party kind of guy. Yeah. But you could tell he was just really excited because he was, we're going to the next level, you mm-hmm. know. And with them, with, like, uh, my, my ex and stuff, they weren't kind of used to having, like, a whole, a, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, I had gr- grown up, like, in a house and all these things like that. And they grew up kind of different. So it's just, like, I feel like... It, it, one of them was just really going crazy and then he gets in a car after 
he's at the diner and then he's leaving in the car and the car gets t-boned mm. it gets t-boned and he ends up in the hospital when he was drunk yeah oh he was in the car with whoever was driving was drunk too because oh okay but he wasn't driving he wasn't driving okay no Got and, it. and it's like this was like right by his house like this is around the corner he didn't even go out far but Ooh, it's that's just you, like you know, they, they say that like 90 percent of accidents are within like a mile of your house yeah yeah he was like at the diner that's around the corner from like our area and he gets t-boned and he injures his c1 and his c7 vertebrae yeah Oof. he f- fractured that or something like that and that's re- that's high that's here mm. that's right up in the neck like so it's like he was so messed wow. up for so long so that kind of started like chipping away at our existence mm. you know and then after that one of us went to jail not me you know? <laughs> so it's like that too that started kind of like fragmenting us and stuff like that it was right. hard for us to really to to stay together i think so because one of us went away for like it was like more than a year it's like two years and it's oh just like, so well, it was prison then yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah, okay, yeah. it wasn't jail it was prison yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly it's Oof. different so it's just like well what do you do and we had had like a whole squad like i remember we talked about naming your group after like the city and stuff like that that you're from and stuff and at that time we were brooklyn's most wanted but that was like a lot of people that wasn't just the band it was like it was, that was the whole crew mm-hmm. so okay. they were like how come you're brooklyn's most wanted you know it was like it gets like that you that's know? so like, dumb though yeah, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean so people were upset because of that but we had like it was like it was like a rap crew. It was like a squad of different rappers. So, and and Brooklyn's Most Wanted, us three, we were like the main only because, because a lot of them had been rapping way before us and stuff. We were the main because we were the most driven. We were like, we got to get this record label. Mm-hmm. We got to get this LLC. Like, we got to read music books about the music business. So that's why we were kind of like at the helm. But when one of us went to jail and one of us went into an accident, the rest of them were like, what do we do now? So it was almost like they, they lost the leader. Yeah. Yeah, 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 basically. The head was cut off the snake. Yeah. yeah. So that just like, that broke everything apart. So I was just like on my own for a long time, just like as a solo musician, just writing stuff, working with different producers, like doing some open mics once in a while, entering competitions, contests and stuff like that. And I got to a contest. I did. I did pretty well. There was a contest that Lil Wayne was doing at the, and it was at the Apollo. Mm. And I ended up like it was like different rounds you entered your first uh video of yourself and then you went to a second round and then the third round was at the apollo so i actually got to the apollo nice and i actually played a little bit of the guitar i didn't win just in case you don't know that's pretty cool though you played at the apollo yeah yeah i was like wow my friends came to see me and everything too so but that was that was it after that i was just working with really great guitarists and really great bassists in the city but we weren't gelling that well you Mm -hmm. know and stuff so so i was just floating around yeah Mm -hmm. um okay so what was i'm trying to think of the last thing that i said i was in the band it it ended up being three people Mm -hmm. um so that was in that was while we were in college. We were all at Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. And um, so, yeah, I remember we all graduated and all of our friends were like, oh, I'm going to go be a fucking lawyer. I'm going to go be a doctor. And we were like, well, we're going to just like stay and play music and mm-hmm. like not do anything else. So, so like so I remember we all got we all rented a house together, the three of us. And we all put all of our equipment in the living room and we would practice every day, mm-hmm. every day at um seven it was either six or seven either we had a schedule we're like we are practicing every day at this time that's so dope right um so it was it because i mean the way that we were doing it i mean literally like i was working like a job it was like paying me like 
barely above minimum wage because we were living in this like decrepit ass house that like it was like three hundred dollars a month and our our na- our landlord was like a crackhead or some shit well it was florida so it's probably meth actually but you know he was just like he was missing some teeth and like he forgot to get the rent from us like many days whoa like i'm actually getting ahead of myself here so so i had a job where i was working barely just enough to afford like groceries and weed basically mm-hmm. like there was some days it's like okay do i need am i gonna get a sandwich or am i gonna put more gas in my tank you know like that kind of shit because yeah. i'm like i'm just working as little as possible so i can put as much time into playing music as possible right and the, the only reason that we were able to do that is because we were living in this fucking rundown house that was falling apart i mean literally the front door didn't even actually like close <laughs> it was like like it only closed if you bolted the lock shut you know what i'm saying yeah like if you just went like that it wouldn't stay you had to bolt it okay <laughs> so it was a piece of shit house right but again like 300 dollars a month yeah and we're playing music every day and we're at this point we're going out on the road too on the weekends we'll go we'll drive to jacksonville we'll drive to orlando we'll go to like panama city beach or whatever yeah and it's like all over Sweet. yeah yeah we my uh drummer had a truck so we just loaded our shit in the truck mm-hmm. bang bang you know that kind of shit and um but yeah our landlord he was some he was on something i don't know what the fuck this he's not alive anymore um rest in peace yeah rest in peace to doug um i'm not gonna say his last name obviously but he was a good guy but like literally like we moved in and at first he didn't even give us a lease Mm -hmm. and like i worked in residential leasing at the time that was my day job okay so i was like nah man like we need a lease Mm -hmm. like we need something saying that we live here or you could technically kick us out at any time yeah legally we're squatters yeah if you don't give us some kind of piece of paper so he's like all right man yeah i'll write y'all a lease (laughs) so (laughs) so so we write us a lease for you know whatever it is not a lot of money for one year Mm -hmm. the that one year expires and he never gave us another lease. And he also just like stopped asking us for the rent. Wow. Like most of the time. Wow. Yeah. And like, so we would literally be like, he would go three months without talking to us or asking us for rent at all. Mm-hmm. And then on the fourth month, he'd be like, hey, can I get the rent? And we'd be like, okay. So we give him one month of rent to see what he would say. Yeah. And he would say, thanks. <laughs> and we were just like, wow. So we basically lived for free. Yeah. In that house for like, the second year that we lived in that house mm-hmm. and then we we made like a tour we did like a full tour of the east coast like that was something we were building up because we were always playing in florida mm-hmm. and i was like we should do a tour up to new york city because my sister already lived here and that will come back in the story later mm-hmm. my sister was already living in brooklyn at the time so i was like we should do a tour from florida we can start in south florida and just go all the way to the east coast and end up in in new york so we had like we got like a booking agent to like help us with like venues and all that shit. So we did a whole thing on the East Coast. Um, I remember we had a show in Brooklyn, like downtown, by um, right by Grand Army Plaza somewhere. Okay. Um, and that was July second. Holy shit! It's almost exactly it's a year today. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost exactly like five years ago, I guess. Wow. Because it's July first right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so we played a show July second, and then we had a few days off. Mm-hmm. Like, our next show wasn't until, like, July 6th. Mm. So we were staying at our friend's house in uh, Westchester. This girl that we went to college with, her dad was fucking loaded. <laughs> he was, like, friends with Bon Jovi and shit. Okay. <laughs> like, this guy, he's, like, we, we stayed at their house. They had, like, an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. It was, like, a three-story fucking house with an elevator. I'm, like, I've never been in a house this nice. Yeah. And we were just crashing there. Their dad, her dad didn't give a fuck. 
Like I asked him one time what he does. He's like, I own a few streets of, bris- of businesses in the Bronx. A few streets of <laughs> wow. businesses is wow. what he said. And I'm like, all right, shit. So we would list- we would take the train every morning down from Westchester mm-hmm. and come into New York for like that four days off and just fuck around mm-hmm. and just like get drunk in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and just like walk around. I ended up breaking my foot playing basketball <laughs> during the middle of this. And like in a weird way, that was kind of like the beginning of the end of okay. the band okay because so after i broke my foot <laughs> i didn't know it was broken until the tour was done that's a whole that's a different story i'll get to but i twisted the fuck out of it playing basketball i thought i just sprained it it was a little worse than that mm-hmm. um so we had a few more shows that i played on a broken foot i'm like hobbling around like i'm literally like sitting here like this like icing my foot and then they're like okay you guys go on in five i'm like okay wow yeah yeah so then we we finished the tour and by the time we got back to florida we were just all so sick of each other because we lived together uh-huh. and then we not only did we live together but we went on this tour when we were like sharing motel rooms mm-hmm. and we were already a little bit annoyed of each other because like um my drummer did a lot of drugs okay and he was kind of unhinged yeah and by the end of it by the time we got back to the tour we were just like we were kind of just we weren't on the best terms mm-hmm. and then also um he wasn't as motivated as us as me and the bass player to like okay. really be like no this is what we're trying to do we got to be on it right yeah so after the tour i remember this vividly he had his drums not set up in the living room and again i told you we had everything set up in the living room all the amps the drums everything right in the middle of the living room mm-hmm. we got back and he just put all his drums there he didn't like set up the kit he just like threw them all in the corner yeah and then me and my bass player were like, okay, we're always the ones saying that we need to practice at this time, this time. Let's see how long it takes him to say, let's practice. Okay. <laughs> Which is really petty now that I think about it. <laughs> because we were just sitting there. I'm like, he's not even going to set his drums up. What the fuck is he doing? And it was like a month later and the drums still weren't set up. Oh yeah, that's a problem. And we were just like, clearly he isn't about this like we are. <laughs> So it was really awkward. Like I actually wasn't there when it happened, but my bass player told him that he was out of the band while I was like away. So like literally like when I, when I, when we walked in, when I was at the house, there was one situation. I left, I came back completely different situation and we lived with him. So it was really fucking awkward. Yeah. And this was a kid I'd known since I was 12. I met him at like summer camp. Wow. And I'm still cool with him now. Like I told him that I don't like have hard feelings. I'm just like, clearly we just weren't as dedicated and he's like i get it Mm -hmm. so like i'm still cool with him now but it was really rough for a second yeah um that must have been tough him living there and being out of the band yeah 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 that wasn't fun that's where the drugs help (laughs) they either help or they hurt i don't know it (laughs) depends on what your what your perspective is i guess (laughs) but no the thing that's actually funny is so me and the bass player we actually were like so when we, when we came up here and we were fucking around in the city, we were like, this is the fucking best. I want to live here. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we all kind of said that. So after the, you know, things fell apart, me and the bass player were like, yo, we should move up to New York together and start a new band up there. And we were talking about it for months mm-hmm. because my sister called me and was like, hey, I heard, you know, shit's falling apart down there. Like, if you want, you can just like move up and like stay on my couch and like figure it out. And I was like, all right, shit. I don't want to just quit music right right so i'm like i'll do that so we were talking about i was gonna move in with my sister he had a cousin that was here so we were like we're both gonna go mm-hmm. and then one day this is how i knew that this wasn't actually gonna happen one day after talking about living in new york and how we're gonna afford it because expensive as fuck and all that shit one day he just comes up to me he's just like yo wouldn't it be like sick to just like 
live in Thailand for like a hundred bucks a month. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that's like the exact opposite of moving to New York City. And yeah. then as soon as he said that, I'm like, this kid's not moving to New York. No. And so I moved to New York, stayed with my sister, and he moved to Thailand. And he's still there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in years now because it's it's so hard to like, because he even, doesn't even like have service over there and shit. Yeah. I keep trying to like schedule a call with him to like catch up and it just like never happens. But I just see his like Instagram stories. I think he's, he's like riding motorcycles in Thailand and shit. Like, I don't even know what this fucking guy's doing. Tiny monkeys on his back. Um. Yeah, basically. So yeah, all that shit happened. And then, yeah, my sister was like, come move up. I'm like, all right. So then I moved here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just uh, floating around. So um, I was more like I was always into different types of music. I would say like my style is more heavily influenced by um, some R&B, some rock and stuff like that. So um, getting to meet different musicians was a good thing for me because when I first started with that group I was with, we were more into just hip hop. But towards the end, when we started um, working with different producers, I started um, bringing in some of my friends from like the West Side of Brooklyn and getting mm. them to produce our tracks, which were more like rock uh, based and stuff like that. Because I had always wanted to play the guitar. I had a guitar. I had an acoustic one in my house. It wasn't mine. But and it was right handed. And my stepdad, I was like, who's is this? And he was like, it's mine. And I was like, can I have it? Because I've never seen him play it. And he mm. was married to my mother by then for like more than 10 years. And I never saw him play it. And he was like, you can have it if you learn to play it. So I was always interested in music with instruments and stuff like that. And while I was a solo artist just doing open mics and stuff like that, I ended up meeting, like I said, some of the best bass players and guitar players that opened me up to like a whole huge door of music mm -hmm. and stuff. So at that time, I was just getting myself together, learning about different uh, types of music. And then I got to a point where I could start making my own music. So I got the software, I got the, the, the Mac, I got the, the Logic, I started making my own tracks and stuff. And I was like, I've got to get out there. Like, it's something weird with music and me. It's like, I've, I'm a dancer and a musician. So when I'm not doing one, I'm doing the other. And I can easily live in one world and not necessarily, you know, right. feel bad about not putting my all into the other world because I'm still doing my art technically. Mm -hmm. But I got into, up to a point in dance where I was like, I had my own business. Like I was, I was like an independent contractor. So I was able to, to live my life. I had like made the dream that in dance. So I was like, well, what about the music? Like, so that's when I started telling myself, like, you have got to, like, I had a lot of disappointments musically a lot. And I, but I was like, you are going to be so pissed if you turn 50 and you don't go outside. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, you can go a couple of years like, oh, I can. Oh, I don't have to. Oh, I might. But when you get to a certain age, you're going to be like, I really fucked up here. And I don't I didn't want that to be me. Right. So I was like, get out there. So I just researched all the best open mics in the city because I hadn't been going to any. So and it changes from time to time. Mm -hmm. So I looked that up and I saw that there was one at the Parkside Lounge. Yes. All right. So remember that Parkside Lounge. That'll come up later. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you said that because you didn't you don't want to have the regret yeah. of not doing it. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking when my sister told me that she, I could move here mm -hmm. because, you know, that was like that was a really scary idea because mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody here but my sister. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I want to start a band, but I'm like, I don't know if I was in my mind. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet the right people just to make the music that I want to make because mm -hmm. I always wanted to do like a mix of rock and hip hop and like 
other things, but like I'd never heard anybody do it exactly the way that I heard it in my head. Right. But I also know, knew that I was just a piece of the puzzle. Like I never thought of myself as like a solo act, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, I I feel like I feel like I have something. I feel like I could meet somebody somewhere and we could like make a thing happen. Yeah. But again, like I had no idea how the fuck that was going to happen. So I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'll just pack up and move a thousand miles away from home and see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, it's a scary thing to do. But at the it same is. time, I'm like, if I don't do that, I'm going to remember that forever that I decided not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be working at some desk job when I'm 50 and I'm going to be like, why am I, why am I doing, why is this my life? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I went for it. Yeah. And I knew the first thing I had to do, I knew I had to get a job. Because it's expensive here. <laughs> and my sister was not going to let me stay on her couch forever. Um, so the first thing I did was I got a job. And then once I got a job, then I was like, okay, now I got How am I going to meet people? How am I going to start a band? Yeah. I remember there's there's like a there was like an app called, oh, what was it called? Like Vamper, I think. It was like Tinder, but for musicians. Okay. Where you would like upload like, like little pieces of your music and mm-hmm. then you could hear other people's and you could swipe on if you wanted to talk to them or not. Yeah. And then if you both swiped, you could like connect. So I was like doing that for a while and like no, I didn't, nothing ever came out of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I just got to start going out and like performing by myself. Yeah. Even though I didn't think of myself as like a solo artist at any point. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I got to just do what I'm trying to do and like throw it out there. And then maybe eventually the universe will like bring it back to me. Mm-hmm. So I looked up where are good open mics in New York City, right? And the one that kept coming up over and over again was the Inspired Word NYC mm-hmm. at the Parkside Lounge. Yeah. So I started going there by myself, me playing a guitar and singing like every Tuesday mm-hmm. for, I'm trying to think how long I was going there before we met, probably a couple months, maybe six months. Okay. And then ev- the whole thing is, and we talked about this before, like when I was doing the open mics, I'm like, the whole point of me doing the open mic is not to perform. The point is for me to get myself out there and tell people that I'm trying to start a band. Mm-hmm. Like that was the whole point. It was basically just an advertisement. And, I, and you you could see it because you you were there. Yeah. You were, I'm just like, okay, this is kind of what I do. I'm trying to start a band. If anyone kind of likes what I do and you want to do it, then let's talk and let's let's see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did every day, every Tuesday. And some other open mics too, but definitely every Tuesday at Parkside Lounge for months mm-hmm. until eventually we met. Yep. Right? Yep, yeah. Um, I remember we we did the same open mic one time and again I'd say, Hey, I want to start a band, blah 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 and you came up to me after and we were like, Oh, so like what are you, what kind of music are you into? Whatever. Yeah. And another person was there too, yep. which we should talk about because we're doing the full story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I actually forgot his name. I don't remember his name. Okay, so this is the thing. So after so it was me, Sifa, and somebody else at that open mic. We're like, yeah, we're all interested in starting a band. Like, mm-hmm. we all we all saw each other at the open mic. Right. So we all knew what everybody kind of brought to the table. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, yeah, well, we're all interested. Let's talk. And this guy, I mean, I think he gave us a different name, like, every time we talked to him. Probably. And, and I just want to give him credit because he did bring us together, which is cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because... I was a fr- I'm not really a big talker. I really don't like to do it to to network and stuff like that, but I will do it if I have a goal and I know I need to do something. I, I put myself out there definitely. So I told myself, I'm like, Sifa, you know, when you get there, you can't just play and leave. You're going to have to stay Mm -hmm. till the whole shit is over. And you're going to have to keep talking to people. And when I got off the stage, that guy who was in the group with us, he told me, he was like, that was really great. I really liked it. So that helped break the ice with me going to talk. So at the end, I saw you and him talking Mm -hmm. and you were talking about starting to jam or something like that. That's what that gave me the the 
release of fear to walk over you and be like, hey, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. me too. Like, you know? Yeah, that's funny. That's cool. Yeah. So so we had a jam session in my apartment with the three of us. Mm-hmm. And like literally the first time that we met, we started the, our first two songs. Yeah. Um, Actually, three songs. Literally from the first jam session that we ever had, we had the start of Triple, Triple Crown. Crown, the start of Stars stars and words and words mm-hmm. and triple crown and and words became the first two singles we put out stars we didn't put out till literally years later mm-hmm. but we'll get back to that um yeah so it was the three of us for a little bit and it was hard to get a read on this guy yeah and he i feel like he gave us different names <laughs> he definitely gave us more than one name okay but i remember liking him a lot because he was also from florida and he had also just moved mm-hmm. so i'm like fuck yeah we ever were talking about like florida or whatever and then yeah and then we we wrote some songs we we jammed and then like one day like out of nowhere i don't know we probably jammed like twice yeah. the three of us yeah two or three times yeah yeah and then one day he just kind of texted us he was like yeah like i don't think i could do this anymore like i'm actually homeless and we yeah. were all we were just like oh yeah what oh it was shit pretty crazy. yeah like yeah. we had no idea he was living in a shelter and he had to do curfew and mm-hmm. stuff like that i mean i i just think we just didn't really gel i feel like I think uh, recreationally, he was into more things. Yeah. And like, we were like, you know, you could do that on your, we can, you could do that anytime. We're adults. Like you can party anytime, yeah. you know, but you can't really sit down and practice every time. Mm. Like, you know, get people to come in. Like, so that's what Dan and I were more into. Like, no, we need to practice first. We need to get, cause it's yeah. like time's ticking like you know what i mean that's how i felt and i I guess that's how you felt at the same time too and i think that is what he read and and couldn't get with we were we were a little too um driven too driven for him and he wanted to kind of like like chill chill more yeah Yeah, and we're just like nah like do that like you could do that whenever yeah yeah (laughs) well then also i do remember this conversation this is really funny so i remember so we we had started those songs and like he had some ideas. He's like, like I had a riff, and he was like, "Well, why don't you play it lower?" I remember like something like that. But like we kind of realized after he said that he was out that like everything that we had so far had basically come from us two anyway. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like the structure of the songs yeah. and like how it was. So we so we were kind of like, well, we could just still do it with just us two. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't because he also played guitar. Yeah, and I played guitar. So it's like we didn't really even have like, okay, well, you're going to do this and I'm going to do this. Right. It was all just kind of like, let's figure it out. So then when he dropped out, we were just kind of like, well, I mean, we didn't really need that extra guitar. Exactly. So we could just keep doing it. Yeah. And that's what we did. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what was the next step? So then I guess we kept writing songs, right, to get ready to start doing open mics and shows. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we needed production. Oh, like yeah. So at first, we literally were doing the open mics as like just me with a guitar and mm-hmm. Sifa singing, like no backing tracks, no no anything. Just like almost an acoustic type thing, even though I was playing an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, did I start making beats first or did we go to Dave first? I don't even remember. I, Dave, I, a producer that we knew. Oh, I'm trying to figure out when we had Simba. I guess we got Simba later. I think it's all around the same time. Uh, I want to say we went to Dave first. We went to Dave first because you watched him and you were like, I can do all of this. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I also should say that I've also I started making beats when I was like 14 or so, so mm-hmm. I already knew like my way around production yeah. like for a while. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have any equipment here because I had just moved here. Yeah. I think oh after this is this now That's, it's yeah, all it yeah, all yeah, pieces yeah. together now. So so we had these song we had Triple Crown was the first song we recorded. And you knew Dave or your brother knew my brother Dave's knew Dave. brother. Yeah, my brother was going to Long Island University and so was Dave and his brother. So they all knew each other because my brother likes a lot of music and stuff as well, too. I've learned a lot from him. But, you know, you kind of all gravitate towards each other. And mm-hmm. Dave and his brother, they were they were well on their way. Yeah. Like 10,000 views on YouTube and stuff like that with their videos and stuff. And Dave was making beats in his basement in Long Island. And that's how he met my brother. And then my brother suggested him to me mm-hmm. as a producer. So we went out to Long Island, produced with Dave. And that's how we got um, uh, Triple Crown. Yeah. So I remember we took the train out to Long Island and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've never been to Long Island before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we go we go over there and we just literally like recorded in the basement for like four hours on like a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But I remember because like he, you know, he was a hip hop producer. He didn't really, he wasn't really ready to record guitars, I remember. Yeah. And like the way that we did it, and you can hear it if you listen to the recording of Triple Crown, it, the guitar wasn't plugged in to anything. Mm-hmm. I literally was playing an electric guitar and the mic was just like up to it. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to it and it's still, I mean, I still like the song, but in my head, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because I knew, I know the guitar could have sounded so much better. That's so funny. But, uh, you know, it's just, it is a, you know, it shows where we were at the time. It's, it makes me cringe because I don't like to rap so much anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, um, yeah, so literally like, and then I remember being there and kind of like seeing what he was doing. And I'm like, I know, ex- I know everything that he's doing. I could do it. And I could also record the guitars because mm-hmm. I've been doing that mm-hmm. so we went there again to record our second song words yes, yeah which happened exactly the same actually let me do this is like a demonstration so like <laughs> literally like instead of having the guitar plugged into an amp or whatever it was literally just like i would just have it like this yep i don't like the word forever it's got too many and those trips out to Long Island, that was like in the winter time, and it was kind of chilly. Yeah. So once Dan said that he could do all of this, I wasn't mad about that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to travel out on the island in in the night, and it's like those trains—they don't—they're not as uh, frequent as trains right in the city. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you're waiting a minute at a cold station. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was really fucking cold. <laughs> oh I yeah. I think it was raining one time. Uh huh. And it was dead. It's dead yeah, out it there fun. too. Yeah. Yeah. So so we got those two songs with him, and then I just started being like, okay, well I could, I'm just gonna take over the production, and then I started making the beats on my phone actually yeah because i had already been doing that for a while because again i didn't have any equipment mm-hmm. but iphones come with garage band mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize like if you know how to use that shit you can make pretty decent shit oh, it's yeah. really not it's not a matter of the software it's a matter of knowing how to use it yes. i think yes. and i had already been doing it for like years mm-hmm. so i already knew a good idea of what to do so then i just started making more beats on my phone and then those would become the backing tracks that we use during the performances mm-hmm. you know when we went out and did open mics or whatever i would just plug my phone into the speaker yeah. press play you would sing over it, i would play guitar over it yeah yeah and while we were working like on the music we were working on the back end we were like oh we need a name you know like well what do we call ourselves and mm-hmm. i was just like i don't know like i had no idea we brainstormed on that and then i was watching some british show it's not like 
top of the pops or something like that. But I think it's like Dawn, Dawn After Dark or something like that. And he was mm. interviewing some rock and roll artist. And I was like, that After Dark sounds kind of cool. And then I, like, I, I told Dan and I was like, I don't know, Sun After Dark? I have no idea. And then he were, you were like, sight. Well, because I remember you said, what about like sun after dark? Because it's yeah. like it's like light, but it's also like moody at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, I really like the after dark part, mm-hmm. but like sun doesn't hit hard enough. Right. Like something like the consonant or like the, the vowel sound, it's just not like biting enough. Mm-hmm. I wanted something more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I thought I, it took a few days. It's not like I, imidi- I immediately was like sight after dark. Right, right. In the movie, it'll, it'll, it'll look like that. Yeah, though. in the movie, it happens instantly. <laughs> I get the text and I'm like, what if it was sight after dark? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was thinking about it for a while. I'm like, okay, After Dark is good, but there needs to be something a little more, a little more biting. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I figured, I thought, what about Sight After Dark? Mm-hmm. We we're like, oh, that's yeah, it, and that's then good. that was it. Yeah, and it's like the word Sight After Dark. I feel like we just saw the logo at the same time. It's like yeah. we just see like a revelation, definitely. Yeah, because so we came up with the name, and then we were like, okay, well, what should the logo be? And yeah. we're like, well, what if it was just like a like a figure like walking through a door with yeah. like all this light coming out of it but like the figure you shouldn't be it shouldn't be male female it should just be just human form yeah. like so that anybody can see themselves in it yeah and we had yeah we had the same idea mm-hmm. and i remember we went to a few graphic designers to try to make it yeah until eventually it, this is funny this because this is basically what i did with the production uh-huh. <laughs> eventually sifa was like i'm just gonna draw it myself because <laughs> nobody else is really getting it the way that we're seeing it i don't know what's what's so hard about what we're saying like you know and you could see it's just a simple logo so that i mean that <laughs> i was on vacation talking to the <laughs> illustrator like why just wondering why why that person couldn't get it right and then i just got so frustrated and yeah i was just like i'm just gonna draw it and then it started to draw like all of our other like cover art and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty uh, a self self run machine. Uh, yeah. After dark. Yeah. yeah, we do all this shit ourselves, uh-huh. um, including the videos and stuff, which we're about to get to uh-huh. about how that happened. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to mention. So I do want to say so the whole thing with the inspired word. So the guy that runs it, Mike Geffner. Shout out to Mike Geffner. Yeah. So he basically has like a farm system going on, uh-huh. right? So the people. At the open mics that he thinks are talented, he lets them do a feature spot yeah. where instead of doing two songs, you get like a full 45 minutes or a half hour or whatever. Right. And if you prove that you can bring people out to the feature spot, mm-hmm. he has like a deal with this theater on the Upper West Side that he's like, if you do well here, then I can put you on in this theater. So yeah. he's basically like... I don't want to say grooming the talent because that sounds bad, but he's, you know, he's seeing who can really draw and all that stuff. Yeah. So I remember we did our first feature there before COVID Mm -hmm. and we had like two people, Mm -hmm. three people, maybe. (laughs) And like, it was like my sister and your mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One friend of mine. Yeah. Um, So, but like, but I'm just throwing that out there because it's something that's going to come up later. So that was like the biggest, that was like the first real show that we did, I think. Yeah. Because everything else was open mics, like two songs. Oh, yeah. And then we went there and we did like an actual, you know, set. Mm-hmm. Uh, not long after that, we get into a new year. Mm-hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, oh, new decade, new year. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything's going to be great. <laughs> And um, that's not what happened. Nope. So obviously in March, um, there's this thing called COVID-19 and it shut the city down. Yeah. Um, so obviously we weren't able to perform anymore mm-hmm. and we weren't really able to 
focus on performance. Right. So we had to figure out. But this is the thing. We were both like, well, we're not going to stop. Like, we just figured this out. Mm-hmm. Like, we just started getting going. We're not just going to... It's Again, it kind of like a willpower thing. We were just like, it's not done. Right. Like, it's only done if we think that it's done and we don't think that it's done. Right. So this shit that's going on is not going to stop us. So then, you know, I remember we started jamming. Like, I, I would, like, send you a little snippet. Because at the beginning, like, we weren't even, like, seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, total lockdown for, like, mm-hmm. a, at least a month. Yeah. yeah a yeah. month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, like, just send Sifa, like, oh, what do you think about this riff? And she like, this is cool. And then she would send, like, back a recording of her singing. And, mm-hmm. like, we actually started a few songs that became um, released um, yeah. that way. Like, um, Sucker yeah. Ways and Free World both started like that. Oh, but yeah. then eventually, as we got a little more used to the situation. We were like, fuck it. Well, we're going to meet up again. We're going to practice in person because it is what it is. Like you can't yeah. just stop living your life for that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we started, so we met up again. We we're like, the venues are all still closed. You can't play anywhere. Like, what do we do? Like, how do we continue? And I don't even remember. I don't remember if it was whose idea it was to just start making YouTube videos. I don't even remember either. I honestly don't. Um, But it did show up. Did we? No, we didn't have a channel already. Did we make a video about ourselves? I think, actually, I think we had just started a channel before COVID, but it was just like for like lyric, we had like one lyric video of a song. Yeah. We didn't have, we weren't making like content for YouTube. Right, right. So, I don't know, we just started putting stuff up like that. I don't know, maybe it's because I was watching, we were watching YouTube videos. I have no idea how it came up, but we did say that we want to do something and we had to have done something before that. I guess it was a lyric video for it to be an idea. Yeah. We definitely had a YouTube channel. It mm-hmm. had like 10 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And Did then, we make a trailer already? I don't think so. Because I, I, so, I remember I remember for the, the trailer for videos. the original trailer for our YouTube channel, my hair was like really long because I couldn't get a haircut because everything was closed. Okay. Because of COVID. Okay. So I remember specifically that I looked I was like, man, I look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever um so yeah so we were like okay well we can't play out so let's make some youtube videos so we can at least keep ourselves busy so that the band stays together mm-hmm. and then you just see what happens so we were just throwing shit at the walls we were just doing like comedy skits oh yeah we were doing we were making music videos for songs we already had yeah we t-shirt commercials I think t-shirt we, yeah because yeah. we had just gotten merch these t-shirts because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again we had just gotten the logo done so all of this is happening like really in quick succession, even mm. though the city is shut down and all, and it felt like the world was ending, oh. we're still doing all this shit. Yeah, we're like, we don't care. You're gonna have yeah. to blow it up. We're still alive. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that's all we could do. All I can do is keep going forward. You know. Mm. So then, yeah, we just were like, well, let's see, like, whatever different kinds of content we can make and just like experiment, because like, literally, what the fuck else do we have to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at the time, I watched a lot of reaction videos because I always thought it was fun. Because it was fun for me watching reaction videos to songs I know because it's like hearing them again for the first time in a yeah, way. Yeah. Like in living vicariously through the reactor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, what if we try making some reaction videos? Mm-hmm. And I remember we put a poll on our Instagram like, hey, we're thinking about doing reaction videos. What's a song that you guys would like to see us react to? And somebody, Ryan something, I don't even know who it was. I don't know how we knew this person. I don't even know if we actually met this person in real life or they just uh-huh. followed us on Instagram somehow. Mm-hmm. Somebody said Peg by Steely Dan. And we we're like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. figure it. We'll figure it out. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the other videos we were making would get like, you know, fifty views in like a two months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not a lot. 
Right. And then we did this reaction video for Peg, and it got like a thousand views yeah. in like a week. Yeah. And we were like, oh, maybe we should do more of these. Maybe we should lean into this. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the days. I like that old format. I don't know. It was something about the couch I liked. It was more relaxed and chill. Mm. And then we stopped it more. We stopped it. I, I kind of, I didn't mind that. Yeah. But people did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, so we did a, but well, again, we didn't really know how our format was going to be because we didn't even know if we were going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So we just kept going on. And then like next thing we knew, like people were watching them. So we're like, fuck it. Let's just listen to more Steely Dan and I mean, react people, to Steely Dan. Yeah, there were songs coming out of the woodworks. I mean, there were songs that from people that we had no idea made those type of songs. Like uh, we heard Peg and I was just like, is Michael McDonald in this band? Like, how <laughs> yeah. did this happen? And then. Hearing songs by, this came later, but like an Elton John album that sounds nothing like Elton John now. Mm. And it's just like, you know, so many different artists that, that we were able to hear on the channel. So it just became like a kind of like whole avalanche yeah. of, of work. Crazy. Yeah, it just became a whole separate thing, a whole life of its own. <laughs> and then we realized that like, you know, people were sending us so many different like requests and we were like, well, how are we going to like figure out which ones we actually do? Yeah. Like, it's like... Like, I would love to just do all of them, but we clearly don't have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, how are we going to narrow this down in, like, a way that's fair? Yeah. You know, it yeah. can't... Because, I I mean, we could have easily just picked random ones, but I'm like, I don't think that's really fair to, like, the people that are, like, coming to watch us. That mm -hmm. we're like, oh, we're just going to pick the ones that we want. And then also, if we did that, we're not going to know... We're not going to find anything that we would hadn't that we wouldn't know because we're only going to pick the ones that we want. Right. Right. So then that's when we kind of figured out, we're like, okay, well, what if we made a Patreon? Like if people are willing to like pay a dollar to get a video or whatever, mm -hmm. then they can tell us what, what they want us to react to. Mm -hmm. And that kind of makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And it's very transparent. It's not, we're not like, Oh, it's, it's a mystery how we pick our videos. It's like, no, join the Patreon, pick a video. No big deal. So I remember we started the Patreon. We were like, nobody's going to pay for this. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay money for this. This is <laughs> this this is insane. I can't even believe people are watching these. <laughs> so it started as like, pay what you want. Right. And we were like, everybody that signs up gets a video. Yeah. Right. So we had people pay like a dollar, three dollars to support, whatever. We're like, okay, we appreciate it. We're going to make a video for you. And eventually that got too busy. Mm -hmm. So we had to start, then we had to make like a tiers, like it has to be this much, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. it, it, it had kinda, to be a tier. Cause like yeah. to make one video, it took like 40 minutes sometimes. At least. Like, you know what I mean? Cause you have to edit it. You have to make a thumbnail. You have to upload it. You have to wait for it all this stuff like that. So it's like, you're getting, you're basically getting paid a dollar an hour mm -hmm. when you think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just it just got like it got to be physically too much to do, you know, at the same time. Exactly. So that's how the Patreon came about and how that all started, which is obviously we're still doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so by the time that really started getting going, the city was starting to open up again. Yeah. And we were kind of able to start playing again. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I mean, the first thing we did back, I think we just played on the, on the sidewalk in front yeah. of the Music Inn. In Shout out to the, the Music, music Inn, Inn on yeah. West 4th Street. Yeah, we literally just played on the sidewalk. That was our first time back. Because, again, you couldn't go inside anywhere mm -hmm, in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually things started coming back. I remember we did another feature at Parkside. Yeah. And that time we had, like, eight people. <laughs> so it was getting bigger, <laughs> but still really far away from getting put onto this theater show, which was always, like, a goal for us. Yeah. Because we met at that place knowing that if you do well here, you can go to that theater. Mm -hmm. So it was always in our minds to to get there yeah right yeah um so then what else what i'm trying to think of what happened chronologically I know. um after oh, so we started playing shows 
And then, you know, we would be coming over to like practice and record these videos and stuff. And we would always just be talking about music, be talking about our, you know, favorite artists, songs we like for them. Mm -hmm. And at some point we were like, well, why don't we just record this and like make it a podcast? Yeah. We were also listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff. We were like, we could do this. Like we could talk about music, like no big deal. We could talk for days about music. That's literally what we do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So we started the podcast, Music Maniacs with Side After Dark, and that's how that came about. Mm-hmm. And here we are, literally doing a podcast right now. Yep. yep. Um, Everything comes full circle. I mean, there's still more to go, but I'm, did we miss anything so far? No, I feel like we hit like all of our little uh, tentacles, like the podcast, the reaction channel, the mm-hmm. the merch, and the artwork, and the production. Those are our tentacles, right? Yeah. Besides just being at the mic, doing what we do, singing and performing i think we hit everything you know what do we talk about now what's the future well i do well we have a few more things that are the past Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i do want to say this that um like i said before so i moved here i didn't know anybody and moving to new york city can be a very humbling experience because i remember thinking when i got here i was like Shit's definitely gonna happen for me. I'm so dedicated. I threw my whole fucking old life away to come here. I left all my friends and family behind. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Blah blah blah. And then I started going to these open mics and I started realizing, like, okay, everybody else has already done that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, like, unless you're from New York, every person that I was seeing at these at these open mics literally already did that. That doesn't mean shit. Right. It was like very humbling to me. Like, I'm not special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's trying to do this. Yeah. The only thing that's going to make a difference is how hard are you willing to work? How hard are you willing to work? Yeah. It's it's a couple of um, extra things that you cannot control mm-hmm. that come along with that, too. You know, how people read you, how you come across, whether you're the face that people like or not. Those things have, you know. But, yeah, very humbling. And, and, and living in New York, very humbling, too, because, like, going on, like, auditions for, like, background roles and stuff like that. I remember thinking that I was so special, like and walking in and seeing somebody who's like exactly my height, exactly my complexion, and even chose to wear the same colors and patterns that I did that day. Wow. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the thing is, like, I kind of like that, though, (laughs) because it does it does ground you a little bit. Yes. Right. And I think that's important. And I do think that's one of the best things about this city that it's kind of like there's so much happening and there's so much happening in every kind of different like realm of humanity. And there's so many people there that it's like whatever you're doing isn't really that important. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it's cool. And I think it's motivating Mm -hmm. because like I said, because all that really says to me is like, okay, I just got to work harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like my mindset the entire time, like even before we met. So I think that's why kind of we got along so well because we both kind of had and we never really talked about it until really like now honestly yeah but we both were just like no like we just gotta work like we know that we can play music lots of people can play music mm-hmm. and i'll say something else going to these these open mics and all these shows and all these people that we met there are people out there that are so fucking talented yeah like supremely talented like more talented than me for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's like you see their their work ethic, their work ethic, mm-hmm. and it's like you know that they're never gonna go anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I remember thinking that's not gonna be me. Yeah. And we said to each other, I remember one of the first open mics we did. There was this place we used to go, Pete's Candy Store. Yes. In Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and there was people there that were like they had been clearly been doing the same open mics there for like ten plus years. Yeah. yeah. And we literally looked at each other and we were like, "That's not gonna be us." No way. 
and it's it, and that has been the reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. so we we got the podcast. Mm-hmm. So then we started recording these songs that we had like started writing during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, which we eventually released as our EP, Dark Days and Sucker Ways. Yeah. And yeah. when we put that EP out in March 2023, mm-hmm. we had another feature. This was our third try at a feature to get to this theater. Yeah. And we made it the EP release show. Yes. Right? And at this point now, you know, the YouTube is doing decently well. We got a few thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. We've met, we're going out and meeting more people again in the scene. So we're mm-hmm. we're branching out a lot. We're, and we had had an album from before that, Waves yeah, for yeah, Days. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I almost, we all, did we even say that? No, we didn't mention Waves for Days, Holy but shit. that okay, was our so, first album. So we recorded our first album, Waves for Days, during the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Those are all the songs that we wrote before the pandemic yes. when we were playing out all the time. Mm-hmm. And that whole album was also recorded on my phone because, again, we didn't have any technology. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any equipment. I actually, the MacBook that we've done all this shit on, like the, the new songs and even recording this podcast on, I literally bought it with my stimulus check from the government because it was a $1,200 check and a MacBook is $1,200. So I literally just put that shit right into Apple's pocket. I'm like, thanks, government. Here, Steve Jobs. Um, yeah, and then that's why the, the quality of our recordings got better after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, we started recording those songs that we wrote during the pandemic, and they didn't come out till 2023, which is crazy. Yeah. Because we were spending so much time working on the podcast and the videos yes. and stuff. We almost lost track of the music for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. That can happen. Yeah, so we put out um, Dark Days and Sucker Ways, so we're doing our feature. So we make the uh, EP release, and we do our feature, and people actually come. Yeah. More than 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we did well enough there that Mike was like, all right, you guys got the theater. We are like, fuck yeah, because we literally, that was like our stated goal. They're like, we are playing the theater this year. This year, we, we said, said that. We said that, mm-hmm. and we wrote it down, mm-hmm. which makes it real. It's not real until you write it down. That's right. Um, yeah, so then we did um, that, and... Uh, Mike put us on the theater show, which was in May. May, right? May six. May six. That went really well. It went so well that we got another one at the Triad coming this year. We think. Yeah, yeah. Well, he. My we don't have a date or anything, but he said you guys can definitely come back. So, but the thing is, right now we we're taking a little step back. Yeah. Because that was like such a big deal, really, for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that basically been what we had been working for for years. Yeah. And we finally made it happen. Mm-hmm. That Triad Theater, Upper West Side, shout out. We're going to have the footage of that, the concert special out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that literally just happened. And that felt like, it felt like the first book of Sight After Dark had been written. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, that was from our first stated goal of meeting to getting there. That felt like one complete chapter. Yep. And then now it's like we're taking a step back to like work on some new music we haven't played out in like since that show. Yeah. But we're once we get these new songs, we're gonna be doing that and playing out more and mm-hmm. obviously growing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really felt after that theater like there was a sense of like completion in a way. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. And then that's really how we got to right here. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long journey. It has. It has a good one too. It's great. Lots of um different trials and stuff like that. So that's pretty awesome. Um. I'm glad that what we set out to do, we actually do do it, mm-hmm. you know, and we've made some like great friends online and in real life along the way professionally too. And that's pretty awesome. So now we've got the future, right? Yeah. And what do we do? We make more music, we make more videos and we make more friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're working on some songs now that I think are really great. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get these done and get these out for everybody. And then, yeah, we, we just want to keep playing more shows, probably play shows outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just 
keep doing it. I don't know. That's all we can do. Again, the whole thing is like all you could do is move forward. Yeah. So absolutely. here we are. Again, really like thanks to all of you for watching this. We still can't believe that anybody gives a shit yeah. to watch anything that we do, to be mm -hmm. honest. It's like we're literally just talking and sometimes people like it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And every milestone is a real milestone because I can remember with um, our YouTube channel, I can remember us being like elated that we had 100 subscribers. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And then once we got to a thousand, it's like, oh my god, this is great. And then yeah. you get to ten thousand, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, every step of the way, it's just like this is kind of crazy that it's actually happening. Because mm -hmm. again, like I said this before, but like I, when I moved here, in my head, I, I let myself know that it might not ever happen. Because mm -hmm. I had no guarantee that I would ever meet anybody that I could make music with. Right. Right. I was just like, this is what I want to do. There's no guarantee. Like life, there's no guarantees in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Honestly, I felt really lucky. I was only here for like six months before we met. Like, yeah. I still, that kind of blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really bugged out. And it's like New York is a place where you could get caught up because like I've worked as a, a waitress, sorry, a server. <laughs> I've worked as a server before and I could, and some really great restaurants, you know, and I, I knew a lot of actors that were there who had turned into professional servers. You know, you could tell like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I was on all my children. Oh, yeah, I did this and that. And you, they, they totally have the face and the look for it. But they're like doing like 50 hours at the restaurant and they're in charge of everything at the restaurant. And right. it's like this has become your life. And it's kind of scary because it's like you're not going back to Cleveland because technically you, quote unquote, made it. You're here. Right. And you're working and you can afford to live here. But it's right. like. It's like you didn't become what you wanted to become. And that can easily, easily happen to anybody here in New York. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like, that's like the the fear that pushes you forward or the fear that can kind of like break you in a way where it's just like, right. well, what am I fighting for? If like, you know, everybody, some th this person seems to be fine. They didn't become an actress. They're okay. They don't seem mm -hmm. depressed. But it's like, um, just knowing that you living in New York, you wanting to do your craft and stuff like that, doesn't mean anything right well and that's what i'm saying like yeah. why it's so why i find it motivating to be here in a way because it's like you have an idea of what you want to do but just because you're here doesn't mean that you're doing it mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that did i think that took me a second because like for for a while i was like i can't believe i even live in new york like i hear so much music about new york so many people from new york making music my favorite rapper growing up was biggie i just heard about brooklyn all the time and for like sometimes still i'm like i can't believe i live in brooklyn mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's easy to get wrapped up in just that mm -hmm. but you got to remember i'm like well, it's, it's easy for me because i clearly i had a clear and stated goal when i moved here mm -hmm. so if i'm ever not doing that i feel like a piece of shit i'm like why am i here i'm like i could just be home in sunny florida right now and not be dealing with this fucking garbage everywhere and fucking rats running around like i moved here for a reason right so if i'm not doing that why am i here yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that's again like um be i do i really do find living here being very motivating in a way because mm -hmm. you can either let it there there's two ways you can go like you said you can either kind of let it win mm -hmm. you can let it be overwhelmed or like there's so many people here i'll never make it blah 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 or you can be like, I can't, all I can control is what I do. Yeah. And all I'm going to do is work as hard as I can to make my dreams happen. Mm -hmm. Everything else is outside of my control. That's it. Yeah. That is it in a nutshell. So I want to say to you, anyone watching this, and I know this sounds corny, and people say this all the time. If you have a dream, you got to just go for it. I mean, there's, you're the only person stopping you. Yeah. 
is really what it comes down to. And you only have one life. So it's like, you know, everybody wants to, you know, your parents, I don't know, probably be people you're in relationships with. They like tell you ways that they, you, they want your life to go. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, um, I gave up on that. I don't want to look stupid so long ago in life. Like I have no problem looking dumb <laughs> or stupid in front of somebody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how you know who you are. That's how you test exactly what your limitations are by just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And you don't know. You may think that you're going to look dumb or you're not going to sound great or something. But that's just you. Like, you're you're not performing for you. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So you got to just put yourself out there. I think that's the, the, the main thing. Because it's like if I, if I decided to, like, say, okay, well, I've already made it in dance and stuff like that. I could just keep building my dance business. And I don't even even have to write songs. If I didn't go outside and go to the open mic, then it's like I'd still be in my room, like, or in my apartment just doing dance and stuff. And that's okay, but that's not everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I just I feel like Sight After Dark is a really great name for us, too. Because, like, we've definitely been in places where it's like, okay, you can see past where you are right now. You can see into, like, where your goal is. Mm-hmm. So you can walk through that door in the logo. Like, you know, you can walk through it. You know, all the colors can either be behind you or in front of you or both. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um, I definitely feel us going for where, for our goals brought us together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's. That we were we were on the same pathway before it became two people on one pathway in a way, right? right? Like, and that's yeah. even what uh, Mike says at the open mic. She's like, I remember them coming separate, and then one day they just they only came together. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, and that's that's been what it's been for like four years or whatever. It also it also blew my mind because we didn't expect we didn't do this on purpose, but we realized when we came up with the name afterwards that. The acronym is SAD, uh-huh. which is funny. And then also, if you take SAD, it's also Sifa and Dan. Yeah. So we were like, okay, this is like meant to be the name. This yeah. was always the name. We yeah. just had to find it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so cool. And now it's trademark, so don't even fucking try it. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, you know, that's as full of a story as we could possibly tell of how we got here you know how this whole all came about so thanks again for all you guys for watching us for being along with us you know we really appreciate you guys we hope that this was like entertaining we hope that you guys enjoyed this like insight into like how this all came about and um we will be back with the podcast just gonna be a little bit like i said we have a lot of other projects we just want to put a lot of time into to make sure that they're really right and we Uh don't want to be you know we don't want to spread ourselves in too many directions yeah um, but we do love doing the podcast. We'll definitely bring it back. Um, and we just don't know exactly when yet. Mm-hmm. But it's going to happen. So thank you so much for being here, guys. We really appreciate you. Go listen to all of our music if you haven't. Go check out the main site After Dark channel. Um, anything else you want to tell them? No. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. See you soon. I give